All right, all right. Kingdom Ministers Institute. We're wrapping up here with the finale. Um, what I wanted to get to earlier today, but of course, with all my ad-libbing, <laughs> wasn't able to. So we're going to talk about, still talking about apostolic alignment, but now we're, I'm dealing with um, the notes that he had from um, from everyone. Good evening. Um, so now, earlier I talked about the late Dr. Um, C. Peter Wagner, the notes that was in the ebook here of Apostolic Alignment by Dan Cheatham. And now I'm going to just go over um, Dr. John Eckhart's notes. And it's coming from, there's some highlights that's coming from, he did a book in 2005, Dr. Eckhart. Uh, it was called A Shift in Leadership uh, from Pastoral to Apostolic. And so that's where we're at this evening. And we'll wrap this up. And... Um, and then we'll go to some other things, um, another class. All right. So the highlights is one uh, once ap once apostles are released, we will see the release of thousands of pastors within the local church to help shepherd the flock. And I strongly believe that when things are in order, that's what Paul did too. Paul raised up sons and he released them. Amen. When when new churches were started or when, you know, when he was sent to certain places, laid the foundation. When he left, he left other people to take care of the, of the flock. So I believe this is true. Um, some would say it is not important to be called an apostle just to do the work. But he says, I agree that it is better to have the work without the title than the title without the work. Totally agree. Totally, totally, totally agree. Um, it's like now it's, it's to me, it's like we're treating the governmental gifts, giftings, the FIFO, um, gifts or the ascension gifts or whatever way we want to name them out of Ephesians 4 and 11. It's like being a teacher is not good enough. So I have to be a pastor. Well, being a pastor is not good enough. Well, pastor is okay now. So now I'm striving to be an evangelist and in which evangelists we done genderize to mainly being women. And well, I don't want to do that. I want to be a prophet because prophet, that's the end thing. Now that's the thing that's going on now is being a prophet. And so we're treating them. We treat these like, like a staircase. We're treating them like a staircase of like a job promotion. And And it's, um, it's, it's not how it works. <laughs> We're talking about God giving these gifts. Glory be God. It's not like it's not like going in the candy store and it's like, okay, well, I want this and I want this and I want that. You know, that's not, it's not how this thing works. You know, I didn't ask to be this. I didn't ask to be a pastor. <laughs> yet alone an apostle but when you know that you're doing the work and God is giving you the compassion especially the pastoral you know and remember earlier we were talking about hyphenated hyphenated apostles and so I do kind of I do see I would see myself as, a, as an apostolic pastor you know a pastor who believes in the apostolic um, so so on and so forth so just wanted to make this sure. And also, no matter, uh, and I was talking to Minister Latoya about this um, prior to coming on this evening, is that what whatever we read, 
you know, we want to make sure there's scripture based. Now, what I read earlier at two o'clock, there really wasn't no scripture based to what C. Peter Wagner was saying. Dr. C. Peter Wagner, don't want to disrespect none of that. And when he's talking about the horizontal and the vertical and how much do we want to get wrapped up involved in all those kind of things? Like, you know, are you a horizontal apostle or are you a vertical apostle? I mean, that's uh, a little much. It's a little much. But I want to share it so we can see different different aspects of things. And it's just like, um, like I was giving the example because this is what Minister Latoya was talking about when we talked about this particular thing was take a pastor, right? There's a pastor. There's now well, we have senior pastors because we need to we need to associate. If there's more than one pastor in the house, we need to associate who's the senior pastor. Like Moses would have been the senior pastor, or he would have been the senior prophet because he was a prophet. The Bible says he was a prophet. So he would have been a senior pastor and his and he had all these other elders, or would you say um associate pastors working underneath him to help pastor and shepherd the flock. Okay. And so what we saw earlier today was um apostles could be an apostle here or working in this area or that area or whatever. But, you know, and understanding that they're sent one, they are a messenger. But let's not forget the the foundation in which it's supposed to be, you know, based out of 1 Corinthians 12 and 28, uh, Ephesians 2 and 20. So let's not forget that. So, you know, and don't don't hesitate to say, well, well, apostle, you know, you said this, but I really don't agree with it. Okay, let's talk. You know, I may not agree with everything that I read here. I believe the first four chapters was very good. I believe the first four chapters was very, 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 very enlightening. And um, something to grab hold to. Um, if you didn't get the PDF version, I do. I did convert it over to Microsoft Word. So if you need that, just let me know and I will get it to you um, this evening. Amen. So let's get to this. Let's get to this. And also, if you want to go back through and listen, and I want to go through Facebook, you'll be able to find this on the podcast that we're now doing now. Okay, scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Here we go. All right, so going back to the highlights, um... It is said, uh, remember we talked about the titles, it's more important that that you, you can be identified by your work more so than the title. Amen. And then there are many that would claim apostleship without having the signs of a proven apostolic ministry. Okay. And it is, however, important for people to know their gifting and calling in order to be able to walk in it confidently and boldly. That's one thing we strive in the ministry is that we want to push you. We want to stretch you. Um... We want to know what is God saying to you. We want to know what do you feel or where do you feel you fit. I think some of you need to take the spiritual gifts test. And actually, there's two. There's one like for the fivefold ministry. And there's one for, you know, all the other giftings in the body of Christ. You may have the gift of administration. Some people may have the gift of celibacy. Yes, there could be a gift of celibacy. Um, 
So there's all types of giftings that, that are out there. And so if you want the test, want to take the test, let me know. And I'll make sure I'll get you one. And like I said, there is one for the five-fold ministry as well. Because it's very important that you know that so that we know how to groom you. We know how to train you. Um, even in the midst of having the KMI classes, I, I have something separate for the two pastors, Pastor Tandy and Pastor Tori. I, I got something, you know, for them to work on. And so that's what I want to do. I need to know where you're working at. I need to know what, what you need so that we can get you up to speed. Glory to God, get you trained, get you trained effectively. Amen. So that you can effectively work. Uh, we have a great hospitality. So I need to get some information on how to perfect that. Glory be to God. So we have an administrator. So I need to get her some stuff. Um, and she's just come on the line. Um, need to get her some stuff on kingdom administration. And so all of it's what? Training, training, equipping. That's what we do. Okay. Amen. 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 So, so it's important that you know, um, to be able to walk in your calling confident and boldly. And when people do not know their identity, they will often miss their purpose. Okay. Then the first part of your identity is knowing who you are in Christ, knowing that you're beautifully, wonderfully made, that you're his workmanship, um, that he died. He loved you so much that he died for you. Um, all these things you want to know that, you know, because you received him, you are now a joint heir to Jesus, our big brother, that you are heir to the king of kings, that, you know, you are an heir, you are an heir that what God has, we have. So when we're praying, we're not praying enough because he has and owns everything. The earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof, Psalm 24. So everything. So why are we asking for minimum? Why are we asking for just enough, knowing we need more? He is our father. Everything's his. What did the prodigal son? He asked for his he asked for his, his inheritance. His father gave it to him. Father, I want my inheritance. But I'm not gonna do like the prodigal son did. <laughs> I'm not gonna do that. Glory be to God. All right, let's keep moving. Let's keep moving. <clears throat> All right, so there are many leaders who are even afraid of the term apostle. They are, con they are comfortable with pastor because it is accepted and respected by most of the church in the community. We cannot be afraid of the terms God has given us in his word. Yesterday, prime example. I knew this was going to happen. I was okay with it. But I was, on the, I was on the program yesterday for the funeral. And when I opened it up, it said Reverend Andre Fullwood. Okay, now that could have came from several areas. Uh, first of all, my mother didn't talk to me; they just put me on the program. They know I was; they know I'm a minister, so they put a reverend. Okay, and I wasn't going to trip over because I know who I am, and I know how. So, am I a reverend uh, in in that denomination? Yeah, I would be considered a reverend. So it wasn't, you know, I didn't pass out because it didn't say pastor or it didn't say apostle. None, you know, just as long as you know who you are, you know who you are. That shit. People get upset because their stuff is not, you know, if I really wanted to be technical, I could have been, I could have been upset because it should have said apostle Andre D. Fullwood, T.H. 
period, M period, Masters of Theology. If I really, really wanted to get technical, all that stuff, not even Y'all, you guys didn't even know that yourself. So, anyway. So, let's get into this. So, this is some of the things that John Eckhart wrote in regards to, that came out of his book. Remember, I just mentioned his book. Uh, what was it again? They shift in leadership from pastoral to apostolic. And that's what, that's, I believe that's what a lot of us, you know, even though we believe, well, that's part of the ministry of, of Kingdom Renovators. What we are, what we're doing. We're, we are demolishing old mindsets. Amen. We are renewing the mind. We're making sure that people strip off the old man, put off the old man, put on the new man, that we are imitators of God. Hallelujah. We are imitators of God. Glory be to God. We learn today that we don't, you know, we are free from sin. And as a believer, if we sin, we sin because we choose to sin. We sin because we choose to sin, not because we have to sin. We're not under that bondage. Okay, so don't don't allow the devil to make you feel that you're entangled. No. The Bible says don't, <laughs> don't go back and get entangled in that mess. Because it's going to be a lot harder for you. All right, so let's get started. Number one, and he's coming out of that book, Leadership. S-H-I-F-T, okay? He said, this book is designed to help leaders shift into the prevailing position that God is establishing upon the earth. This prevailing position is apostolic. Now, this book came out some time ago, 2005. So we're talking 14 years now. And yet we're still striving. We're still progressing for this truth to be spread out, okay? It's not a denomination, Okay, it's not a denomination, but it's the truth of how the church should be originally built and how it should be flourishing. Okay? So not only must leaders shift, but entire congregations must also shift. If leaders shift without their congregation shifting, they will leave the membership behind and the result will be a gap between the leaders and the members. I agree. I agree. So... I know a pastor, a young pastor, that I met not too long ago here in Greenville, and he has inherited an older type. They're they're mixed in age, but he has got he has inherited pretty much an older um, generation generations of a Baptist of a Baptist church. And I'm not against the Baptist church at all, so let's make that clear. But him being young and being being of different of of different understanding let's say it that way and being there for three years he knows that there's some things that he's already encountered there's some some mindsets now and that's the thing is mindset so when when the leader feels a shifting huh, when a leader feels a shift a shift in his revelation of the word a shift off of that that stretches and goes beyond the ah uh, the denominational teachings that laid the foundation. And now when you begin to start jackhammering that foundation, start breaking that stuff up, you know, I don't know if you ever used a jackhammer, but you just shaking and shaking and shaking and shaking. And and, for, and it's just chips, chips of concrete that is just, you know, just falling to pieces until you can get that crack. And once you get that crack in that concrete, then you, you put that, um, you put that large little like screwdriver, that flathead, you put it right in there and then really begin to, to separate it. Glory be to God, because all this stuff needs to be tore up so that a new foundation can be laid down. And so 
one of my prayers I've always, you know, pretty much always asked God, God, I do not want to inherit a church. I'd rather start from scratch with two, three, five, seven people than to inherit a group of people. And now I have to, you have to seek God for, for strategic um, teaching and training to try to shift the mindsets of the people. Otherwise, imagine us in a traditional church. And how would you fit in there? It's like a fish out of water. It's like going to visit someone who asks you to come visit a church, knowing that they don't flow and they don't believe the way you believe, but out of courtesy and out of friendship, you're going to go. you be like, you're sitting there like, oh my God, how much longer do we got to do this? <laughs> you probably be like, damn, when the service is over. <laughs> and it's nothing against that, but it's just you, you, you expecting, you're expecting the move of God. You know, they did some things yesterday. Be like, oh, okay. All right, cool. All right. If it works for them, it works for me. <laughs> Hallelujah. Number two, when the leadership of the church shifts, the entire church will shift as well. Our desire should be to raise up an apostolic company of believers who has a sense of being sent. So I'm asking you, do you have a sense of being sent? Glory be to God. You can't be comfortable in this ministry. You cannot be. I'm not going to let you be comfortable in this ministry. There's no way. No way. You're going to come out of your caves. You're coming out of your caves. All right. So I love you, but you're coming out, all right? Because we need you. People, and, and, and this this is the key here, and I'm, I'm going to keep moving on, is that it's not about us. So all your little insecurities, all your little doubts, all, all that stuff, we got to get past it. We got to get past it. Because God put gifts in you that's for the body. He's put gifts in you where... You can reach people that I can't reach. So they need to come forth. They need to come forth. All right. All right. Where we at here? Back to number two. All right. So, like I said before, um, apostolic company of believers who have, who have a sense of being sent, the entire church needs to shift into this dimension. This dimension of being sent, being equipped and trained to be sent. Amen. Amen. So the church in the book of Acts was first and foremost an apostolic church. Do we not all agree? And they ministered in apostolic power and turned the known world upside down. And the book is... After all, called the Acts of the Apostles. It was action. Action. Think of Acts. Think of action. The book of Mark is everything. Even, even the book of, if you look in the book of Mark, everything was action. Everything was action in the book of Mark. So if you ever read that one, take your time and read it. It was all action throughout the whole book. The book of Acts, it was action. It was progressive. It was moving. Lives were changed. 
um, no one lacked any, anything because everybody brought everything in. So if there was a need, everybody was taken care of. That's the church. Glory be to God. That's the church. They train, they send forth people. Even it even show it even show when when uh, when Paul and Barnabas got into it, they got they got into it over Mark, because Mark jacked up the first journey, and Paul was like, I don't want him, I don't want nothing to do with him, because he messed us up the first time around. So Barnabas took him, Barnabas took Mark, and then that's when Paul and Silas hooked up. But, but and they went different paths, still doing the work of the ministry. But then they also came back together down the, down the line. All right. So sometimes we will split. Oh, we don't split. But we, you know, sometimes because of differences of whatever, we'll split. But we're still doing the work of the ministry. All right. Let's not forget that. That's more important. To me, it's more important to friendship. When, do the work. We, we may agree to disagree on a particular thing, but continue to do the work of the kingdom. Train, equip, and send. Make disciples. All right? So you cannot fulfill an apostolic calling without a, a pastor, without a pastoral mindset. A pastoral mindset with, will limit the leader and confine him to the local church. Many leaders are beginning to realize that what they have been doing is apostolic, yet they have been limited by a pastoral mentality. So this is point number four on page 29 if you have this. If leaders do not move into new positions, they will die spiritually within the four walls of the church. They will experience dryness and their ministries will become routine. They will be unhappy and unsatisfied, even though it may look successful on the outside. On the inside, these ministers will feel empty. Many, many are afraid to transition because they think the church is dependent on them. My God. They believe the church is dependent on them. Have you ever been to a church that looks so pretty on the outside? <laughs> I just had a flashback. <laughs> so, so pretty on the outside. And you go on the inside and you like, what the world? What is going on here? Mm. Mm -mm. This ain't good. This ain't good. It's empty. Spiritually empty. Okay. The Holy Spirit is not weird. We may think the Holy Spirit does weird things. Holy Spirit is not weird. Okay. But when you walk into a ministry and you see some weird stuff going on. That ain't the Holy Spirit. It's not the Holy Spirit. All right. Point number five. If churches do not release their leaders to move into a higher level ministry, they will frustrate the leaders and grieve the Holy Spirit. Churches must be set free from what they think their leaders should be and do. And I talked about this at the two o'clock class where we got deacons and trustees and, 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 and board directors trying to run the church. And they're trying to run it according to man and not by the spirit of God. God did not call them to be pastor. And I'm going to say this, and I, you know, I'm glad this is just, yeah, I'm going to say it, whatever. A lot of the pastors that are there are pastors, you know, they apply. They applied for it. Did God call you to be there? Did God summons you to go there? 
And we have this long list of qualifications of the type of pastor we want. We sound just like the ones when they came out of, out of the book of Judges. And God gave them the opportunity to listen to him and him alone. But no, we want a king. We want a king. We want someone that we can see and maybe not be able to get too close to touch. But we want someone that we can put our eyes on. We don't want to we don't want to trust and follow <laughs> the invisible God. <laughs> we want some we want a human that's imperfect. All right. All right. Hmm. So we will see more lead all right, so we will see more leaders raised up that would not fit the traditional concept of pastor. They cannot be locked into a position and place because of the expectations and demands of the people. Both leaders and churches must be free to operate in the higher callings and gifts of God. Okay? We want you to reach your max potential. Your max potential. Anything less than that is unsatisfactory. And if there's something that I don't feel qualified to do that I can do and do effectively or Pastor Tandy or Pastor Tory or Minister Latoya or whoever it is. Don't think I will not hesitate to bring someone in in the body of Christ that can minister to all of us. That's apostolic ministry. When you include the whole, you just not, you just not honing in within the four walls. You will never, ever, ever, ever hear me say that I'm the only voice you should pay attention to. Oh, no, we're not going to talk about Bishop Sweet Daddy. Y'all have no idea. No idea about that one. Oh, my God. Jesus. All right. Number six. And to those listening on the podcast, just, yeah, yeah. Their leader is called Sweet Daddy. Yeah. And they use... And he lifted up his name after exalting God, exalting Jesus. We're expecting the Holy Spirit. And they lift up the man's name in place and stood up and clapped. And he's not even there. Whole, whole different story. Be careful who you worship. Be careful. Yeah, a real person. Yeah. All right. Number six, leaders cannot be afraid to make this shift. Okay. Fear will paralyze you and prevent you from possessing your inheritance. Just because it's something new, just because, just because it, it might be stretching you or it may be new to you does not mean it might not, it does not mean it's not good for you. Okay. Understand this. There might be some things that I may be calling you out to. Or, or, or using you. I got, oh, I got some activation things that's coming up for you guys. Oh, it's going to blow your mind. But anyway, we you, you can't be afraid. So we're we going to break out of the of fear and, and paralyze it. Because if, if you are paralyzed of doing new things in God, then how are you going to know your full potential? You have to get behind yourself. If you walk in service and I just give you the mic, and say, so I need you to give a five-minute exaltation. There is, there is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I need you to do that. That's a little warning. Take it. <laughs> That's a little warning. Okay. So there are many leaders who are afraid of the term apostle. They are comfortable with pastor because it is accepted and respected for most of the church and the community. 
We cannot be afraid of the terms God has given us in his word. We have received Holy Ghost inspired words of understanding. I mean, words to understand spiritual things. Okay. Okay. Let's understand this. We cannot be afraid. All right. See, my parents or whoever did the program is they's probably afraid or or didn't really or probably don't even really believe that I'm a pastor, which I've heard that before, or yet alone an apostle, because one of my family members don't believe in apostles. So it doesn't bother me if they said Reverend. No biggie. I know who I am. Know who you are. Know who you are. Don't be afraid to step out. Because all you gotta do is trust the Holy Spirit. That's the best way. Trust the Holy Spirit. So even in the world, even, even the world knows the importance of shifting. Uh, economies must shift to, grow, to continue to grow. We have shifted from the industrial age to the communication age. Nations and economies that do not shift are left behind and become obsolete. What happens to businesses when they don't get updated, when they don't get upgraded? They go out of business. Because why? They're the owners are so stuck. Well, this is how we did it. This is how my, my grandfather who started the business did it. And so we're going to keep doing this. Okay, sooner or later, you're still trying to do the horse and buggy when all you got to do is call call the post office and they'll come pick it up. Call UPS. Call, they'll come to your door and pick it up. But you still want to go by horse and buggy. It's not going to work. Okay, obsolescence is a terrible price to pay for not being willing to change. Obsolete means to be to be of a discarded or an outmoded type. It means to be out of date. So is it safe to say that there's ministries in God that are out of date? Is that a safe thing to say? Not according to me, not according to Andre, not according to Pastor Tanny, not according to Minister Latoya, Evangelist Beverly, no. According to the word of God, are we outdated? All right, methods can become obsolete. Models and structures can become obsolete. Organizations can become obsolete. When something becomes obsolete, it is no longer relevant. No longer relevant. This ministry has to be relevant at all times. And that's why we always, that's why you always hear say we want the now of God. We want to hear what God is saying now. We want, that's why our worship is never the same because we're, we're, we're being as sensitive as we know how to hear how God wants to move. We want to pray according to the now of God, prophetic praying. We're going to get into that. We're going to tap into that. What is only pray what you hear God say. So that means we have to sharpen our hearing. We have to sharpen our discernment. That means we need to be more in our word. That means we need to be more in prayer and meditation of what, of what God is saying. And don't be afraid. To, this is the safest place to get your training. The safest place. Because we're all family. So I'd rather for you to make your mistakes. I may make my mistakes. Pastor Tanner may make some mistakes. It's okay. Because we're all family. But when we get sent, we can't afford to make mistakes. We can't afford to make mistakes in our character, in our, in our integrity, 
in the operation of our gifts, making sure that God always gets the glory and that we're not going to be puffed up. We're not going to be, we're not going to be, we're not going to elevate ourselves. And we're not going to, you know, every time we meet people, we telling them what we do in the body of Christ. They don't need our resume. Just function in what God has called for you to do. Function in your gift. Your gift will make room. Your gift will make room for you. So if we sharpen our gift, now watch this for those who work. Those who work, you put your time in at work, but you also have to put time in when you get home in your gifting. And you put time in your gifting. Your gifting soon enough will make room for you to leave your nine to five. Okay, learn that from Dr. Miles Monroe. You got to work your gift. Okay. Your job is your skill. You can, be, you can be replaced with somebody else with the same skill. A lot younger. They'll pay them less. They'll get rid of you. And they'll save money for their company. And you're sitting there wondering what happened. All right. God will upgrade our methods, structures, and models to be able to impact our world. Yes, indeed. Smoothie King. Yes. All right, this change for many may seem like a quantum jump. The shift from a pastoral to an, to an apostolic role is a, it's a huge jump. It's a huge jump. Ah, uh, where am I at? I just lost my spot. However, by the grace of God, we can, make a we can make the transition. Quantum jumps have happened throughout church history, and God often moves us into greater levels of suddenlies. Greater levels of suddenly. I put the E-S-I-S -E on there. All right. Everybody good. We, we're good. Quantum leaps. All right. That's what we want. We want spiritual quantum leaps. Okay. So trust God. Trust God. Trust God in in those in those prophetic words. Trust him. Trust what's been spoken to you. Okay? Moving forward, I'm going to make this. Please, please hear me. And please don't forget cuz I forget every Sunday I forget. I forget every Sunday cuz we're just flowing in God. But I need you to pull out your recorders on your phone. Get you a voice recorder if you don't have one. Get your voice recorder and begin to record when when we begin or somebody begins to prophesy to you, to minister to you. You need to record those things so you can play them back and play them back. So especially in those days when you feel like you're stuck, you're not going nowhere, you're starting to feel some form of depression from the enemy and you think things are not going right. You have to play those things back. Those things will encourage you. They will uplift you. And if you, and maybe you've missed something and it's going to be like, oh my God, I forgot about that. And it'll bring you back on track. Okay. So we have seen many leaders identified as pastors who have planted and built strong churches within with which are apostolic functions. We have locked many of them into a pastoral role and not allowed them to function in the calling of an apostle. Now, here's 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 one problem here, and I'm hearing the Holy Spirit say this that just because you plant a church and you're doing it in, a, in, in, in the apostolic manner or model doesn't mean you're the pastor of that church. Woo. Okay. Doesn't mean you, that they're the pastor of that church. 
Because if they're sent once, sent, sent. So if God is sending them, I'm sending you, I'm sending you to Ghana. Okay, I don't know why I'm using this African, this Africa thing here. But I'm sending you to Ghana. Who, who am I saying? Who am I I'm saying? Pastor Tandy and Minister Latoya. Sending you guys to Ghana. Hallelujah. Have a safe trip. Sending you guys to Ghana. Because I hear the Lord said we need to plant a church there. Okay? So you're going to go there. And you're going to go there and say three months. You're going to begin to lay the foundation. And while you're there, you're seeking God to send some help there. That's already there. So that they can oversee the flock when you have to come back. And then you probably make another trip and, and lay some more foundation. Okay? Paul spent months, he even spent years laboring, laying the foundation. Okay? So it doesn't mean that they're, so what, what, what are they doing? They are, they are operating, you know, in an apostolic manner. Could they be apostles? That's something that they would have to, they would have to say. Okay. But they're not there to they're there to lay foundation for an apostolic ministry to move. And while they're there, the signs of an apostolic ministry will be signs, wonders, and miracles. Okay. Who knows? One of them might say, Hey, I'm gonna stay here, I'm gonna live here. All right. We're gonna support you. We're going to support you. Hallelujah. <laughs> All right, here we go. All right, we're back. We're back. Um, so we want to make sure, okay? We want to make quantum leaps. Amen. We don't. We want to make quantum leaps out of self. We don't want to do it out of self. Okay, we definitely don't want to do that. Don't want to do that. All right. I'm sorry, y'all. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> we talk about quantum leaps. All right, the church has been pastoral for so long until we have not known any other way. That's the only way we know is that way. Okay. But God is challenging the church to change and come in line with his purpose. Once apostles are released, we will see the release of thousands of pastors within the local church to help shepherd the flock. That was one of the highlights from at the start of this broadcast. Okay. If you have any questions, just go ahead. Those on the podcast, I'm also Facebook Live as well. All right. Uh, point number 11. Many pastors will be afraid to recognize and release other pastoral gifts for fear of them gathering small flocks around them. Is that not true? Is that a problem that we have today? Read again. Many pastors will be afraid to recognize and release other pastoral gifts for fear of them gathering small flocks around them. I'm going to give you an example. We all know Pastor Tori. We know that Lord, she said the Lord has called her to start a ministry, the Renewal House. 
Okay. Now, should I be feeling some type of way? Should I be fearful that she may draw other people? May I be, should I be fearful that her her ministry, quote unquote, if we kind of so we, we can't we can't base success in ministry on numbers. Because you can have a lot of people and, and they ain't growing. There's no spiritual maturity, and, and the pastor's working harder than everybody else in there. So the more you have, the more <laughs> the more heartaches you can have too. Glory be to God. The more clicks you can have. So we can't base it on that. But just on what I just said, many pastors will be afraid to recognize and release other pastoral gifts for fear of them gathering small flocks around them. I'm not even afraid. Y'all hear me, hear me good. I'm not even afraid. <laughs> Nor fearful. That as as Pastor Tori launches and she goes forth and somebody from the renovators I would like to go help her with her ministry bless you we'll talk the three of us will sit down and talk but we have, we have to make sure that your heart first and foremost is pure and that there's no hidden motives or, oh, I'm going to go over to Pastor Tories because she's established and now I can get used more. And remember what we said? That's one of the things that that's, that's one of the wrong questions to be looking for. Okay. And you have to make sure it's God. You have to make sure it's God. But are we going to help her launch her ministry? Yes, we are. We're going to help her with our Bible studies? Yes, we are. It's kingdom. It's kingdom. All right. We're going to support her when we can't. Yes, we are. That's what we do. And she's part of our ministry. How about that? So yes, we are. All right. They have inherited a system that creates suspicion and distrust. This is why leaders must develop an apostolic mindset. Okay. Apostles are also shepherds. When Jesus saw multitudes, what did he do? He sent out 12 apostles, not 12 pastors. Mm, that's good. What did he do? Matthew 9, 36, Matthew 9, verse 36, and Matthew 10, verse 42. When Jesus saw the multitudes, he sent out 12 apostles, not 12 pastors. Hmm. Apostles are also shepherds. The apostolic anointing must become the dominant anointing. The apostolic anointing must become the dominant anointing. Okay? Y'all good? We're going to keep moving. The pastor thinks in terms of safety and protection, right? That's a pastor, a shepherd. Lead, God, protect. We talked about that. The apostle thinks in terms of expansion and progression. And then I just say we are progressive ministry. All right. So this does not make one better than the other. Let's make this clear. They are both needed in the church. The problem occurs when the pastoral anointing becomes the dominant anointing of the local church. My, my. Did you hear me? 
the problem occurs when the pastoral anointing becomes the dominant anointing of the local church. Wouldn't that be out of order? Okay. All right. Out of order. So let's carry on. Let's see what else he has to say here. The church thinks uh, dominant. Oh, all right. The church then thinks only in terms of safety and protection and often eliminates the other gifts that may be more radical and progressive. You ever hear, oh, it don't take all that? There is a post that I posted and my dad commented, and I'm not I'm not afraid to write, not in alignment, exactly. I'm not, not afraid to say this. And he said, everybody who calls himself a prophet is self-made. So I said, well, I guess your son is self-made. I'm a self-made prophet. And then I went on to say, so... You're telling me that I was able to speak into people's lives I knew nothing about and was accurate and have spoke things that have come to pass in their life and I'm self-made. So, of course, it didn't go into a Facebook argument or anything else. So it kind of it kind of that conversation kind of died out. I don't play. You got time to play. Mm -mm. You know, the Bible is going to divide, right? So you can't be afraid of division in the family. You still love one another. You just got a difference of opinion. All right. On the other hand, churches that are apostolic can be so without expense of losing the pastor. Churches that are, that are apostolic can be without the expense of losing the pastor. The apostolic ministry has the capacity to embrace other gifts. Okay. The apostolic ministry has the capacity to embrace other gifts. The traditionalisms of men and religious, these religious ministries, they have a hard, hard time embracing other gifts. Now I can come in somewhere and say, well, you know, what's your name? I'm Apostle Andre Fullwood. And they may not say anything, but in their mind, they're like, we don't believe in that. But out of respect, they may honor you as such. But they may not believe it. The apostolic mentality is, is anointed to think largely and to incorporate all the gifts of God. That's why I pull and that's why I push. Let's get them out. Let's birth these things. Okay? The pastoral mind is not anointed in the same way. The pastoral mind is, is like we said, is more safety and protection. Okay? They're not also, all of them are not there to make sure that what's, what's in you is pushed out. That's the difference between pastoral mindset and apostolic mindset. We need your gifts. The kingdom of God, God put those gifts in you before the foundation of the world. That on the time you was born and it was gonna, there was going to be a set time that you'll come to this point in life. Okay, it's time for you to start birthing what I put in you. Because I need this manifest in the earth. So what? My kingdom. Thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom come on earth. What God has put, in, oh my God, what God has put inside of you and me is kingdom. 
His kingdom. So why are we not releasing God's kingdom in the earth? All right. The word first in reference to apostles in 1 Corinthians 12 and 28 is the Greek word proton, P-R-O-T-O-N, meaning first in time, order, or rank. So first always means principal or primary. The apostolic anointing should be the primary foundational anointing of the church. We are first and foremost. We are sent by the risen Lord. The commission Jesus... The commission Jesus gave the church is an apostolic commission. This is why the, the apostolic anointing should be the dominant anointing of the church. And I just felt led to say this right here. I'm going to put it in here that women can be apostles too. Okay. God will call a woman to be an apostle. They said Junia was apostle. All right. So the word proton is also the root word for prototype. So we need to see prototype churches. Mm. built that will be models for the 21st century. These churches will have strong apostolic leadership. So let us begin with the teaching element. If a church is to transition into an apostolic position, the minds of the people must be renewed. And what's the other Greek word for renewed? Renovate. Got to renovate them. All right. We got to crush and demolish that old mindset. Put a new mind in them. So people must receive the revelation. Okay. This is called relaying apostolic foundations. Isn't that? I just had this conversation with Pastor Tory. That we are relaying foundation based upon the original foundation of the 12 disciples. The previous foundation of the church would not be sufficient to build and expand upon. We cannot. Oh my God. Hmm. <laughs> said this to Minister Latoya. We cannot. It would be hard for me if, if a non-apostolic ministry would ask me to come and be their pastor. Do you know how hard that would be for me? They don't believe in speaking tongues. They don't believe in prophecy. They don't believe in apostles. They don't believe in none of these things. And now I have to go in here and be their pastor and their leader? How can, are they willing, is their mindset willing to expand? Because, you know, in, in, in natural, when people get of age, th their lives are set. Their lives are pretty much set day by day. It's pretty much set. They don't want things out of the norm. Don't do things out of, you know, Saturdays I do this. Monday through Tuesday I do this. I watch my shows from this time to that time. I go to bed at the same time, so on and so forth. So we do all these things, right? Got to be mindful of that. We've got to be mindful of that. So how, how, how do you honestly think that you can go in knowing what you know and be able to shepherd, pastor, God's people who don't believe in that? You have to know that you know that you know that it's God who's calling you to that ministry. I don't care if they want you full-time. I don't care if they're paying you a $40,000, $50,000 salary. That's going to be good and sufficient for you. If it ain't God, that $40,000, $50,000 ain't going to make up for all the Tylenol that you're going to need for your head from hurting. And all the kickback that you're going to get. 
But God can still send you there. If he told Hosea to marry a prostitute, <laughs> woo, he could tell us to do a whole lot of things. All right. One reason teaching is so important is that people will not be able to make the shift unless shift unless they shift in their minds. So anytime we anytime that we receive some kickback, anytime people don't want to go, um, anytime we express something new to them that's gonna make their flesh rile up or whatever, it could be they kicking because now their minds have to shift. I don't know why the saints of God always want to buck against the leadership. We may not understand it. There's things I did not understand. There's things, and I and I, I would grumble to myself. I would grumble to my boy Clifton. Man, why we got to go through this? Why pastor ain't doing this? Why he, they sitting up here causing all this chaos and stuff? And yeah, But he knew. And my pastor said, he said, you'll know too in time. And you'll understand. And I do. All right, most people have been trained to think pastorally. They have a they have a parish mentality. Right, Gomer. They have a parish mentality. They join a church and spend all their time and energy maintaining the church and getting their needs met. All the resources for most local churches, both natural and spiritual, go into maintaining the local church and meeting the needs of the members. That's it. That's all. They're not thinking beyond those four walls. Now in the city of Inman, here in South Carolina, there's three churches. There's three churches. Same denomination. And the pastors don't know each other. All within probably two blocks. They do not even fellowship. Isn't that something? The apostolic mentality is quite different. The leader is released by the people into an apostolic function to the larger portion, to the larger body of Christ. The leader is released. Go. All right. The leader must spend time teaching and training the people in new truth so that the entire congregation can transition into a new position. Once people are convinced that they are, that once people are convinced that, that what we are doing is scriptural, they can confidently embrace what we are building. And once people know that what they are walking in is truth, they will not compromise because of persecution. The people must see the benefits of change. People must develop an appetite for new wine and the diet of the church must change. The diet of the church must change. Okay, so why did Jesus choose the 12 apostles? Why didn't he choose 12 prophets or priests or the ministry of? Um, so why did he why didn't he choose 12 prophets or priests or the ministry of apostle is a New Testament ministry? So the ministry of the apostles is a New Testament ministry. So some would say. It is not important to be called an apostle, just do the work. And he says, I agree that it's better to have the work without the title than the title without the work. We talked about this earlier. Same thing pretty much from Dr. C. Peter Wagner. So there are many that would claim apostleship without having the signs of a proven apostolic ministry. 
It is however important to, for people to know the gifting and the calling in order to be able to walk in it confidently and boldly. When people do not know their identity, they will often miss their purpose. Hmm. That's a repeat. Okay. Apostles must be free from all the normal administrative duties placed on most church leaders. Okay. Remember that? Remember the book of Acts? And he's speaking to the apostles that find seven men full of the Holy Ghost to take care of all these other duties so they can stay in prayer and the word. Okay. That's why the grooming and the teaching and equipping for other people to do stuff that needs to be done in the ministry. Okay. An apostolic presbytery is able to prophesy and impart. What is a presbytery? Presbytery. Say, um, say for Minister Tan Pastor Tandy's ordination, say it wasn't just her. That was like a very, very small, it was just one person. But imagine if there was like 12 people. Some becoming pastors, some becoming, say, ministers or elders. Um, some say affirmation of becoming a prophet or an evangelist. And so we went through the whole line. It's called a presbytery. We went through everyone and prophesied, laid oil, and prayed for them and imparted into them. That's 1 Timothy 4 and 14. So they have an apostolic mentality because they have they have apostolic leadership within the presbytery. Okay, the order and ranking of ministry is respected with the presbytery. So in other words, is that you're only calling people in the presbytery to, to minister to these people, those who know who they are, and who are respected in their in their functioning in the body of Christ. Right. The order and ranking of ministry is respected. We said that the Antioch church becomes the church, becomes our model church. The church begins to migrate from a pastoral position to an apostolic one without losing. All right, I had to do a part two to this. Okay, all right. Uh, so where was I? Where was I here? So we talked about the Antioch Church was the model church, uh, and it migrated from pastoral position to an apostolic one without losing the pastoral dimension. The members were still, the members will still be cared for because of the release of pastors. Um, the other point is made is that a team is stronger than one man. A team is stronger than one man. What makes this ministry the way it is right now? All of us. All of us. All right. Many apostolic and prophetic ministries have been killed by administrators. <laughs> so when administrative anointing supersedes the apostolic anointing, the church will be will not be able to progress into new things. Apostles need organization, but they cannot be hindered or controlled by it. The organization is made for the apostle, not the apostle for the organization. I gotta throw in a couple of points here. I don't like the word organization. Organization reminds me too much of the world. 
we should be an organism. Okay? An organism is something that is alive, that is living. Okay? So when we talk about different denominations, are we really just talking about different organizations? Different Christian organizations? No, we're not an organization. We're a, leave, we're a living, breathing organism of the body of Christ. That's what we are. Now, I know that he talked about about the the administrative anointing member, I said to um, I said to um, Akeisha as an administrator to get her trained and stuff, and and for that administrative anointing to to flourish. But that doesn't supersede that anointing. Don't supersede Pastor Tandy. It doesn't supersede Pastor Toy. It doesn't supersede me. It doesn't because, and I'm not saying this. I'm just using her because she's our administrator. But we've seen, I've heard of administrators that dictate or try to dictate what the pastor should do, what he should say. Okay? You have ministries with the deacons. I said this before, with the deacons and the trustees. Like, their opinions outweigh the pastor who has the vision of the church. Now, when you inherit People who have been there for some time, they're used to things being a certain way. So when you go before them, if you ever have to go into uh, a pastoral board to see if you're going to, you know, if they're going to select you and why they should select you, so on and so forth. They really want to hear what's pleasing to them. They want to know if you're going to change things. They, they want to know what you believe, what you don't believe, so on and so forth. That's what they want to know. That's what they want to know. Oh, that's even worse. All right. But that's what they want to know. Okay? It's not good. Are right, you going to come in and change a lot of things? This is what we believe, so on and so forth. And not to say that, that the deacons and trustees don't have, don't have knowledge of the word. But are they going to actually allow you to pastor? Are they going to allow your anointing as a pastor or an apostle to override their little, I ain't going to say anointing is little, but override their anointing? Amen. So, three more and we're done. So, senior leaders cannot become bogged down with too much administration. Some leaders wear themselves down with administration. They experience, they experience burnout because they do not recognize others with administrative gifting and they do not know how to delegate. Some churches expect pastors to be administrators. They expect the leaders to be and to do everything. The church for years have been taught that the Great Commission is an evangelistic commission. It is, however, an apostolic commission. The commission was given to the apostles and it would take an apostolic anointing and strategy to fulfill it. Most ministers live and die without entering into the without entering into the phases of their ministry. And we will not be none of them. We won't that would not happen to us. We're going to enter in. We're going to enter in. Amen. So that is the finale. <laughs> That's the finale of apostolic alignment. Um, this was really good. This is really good. And like I said, 
John Eckhart, you cannot go wrong with his books. Very, he's he's a gift to us for this time in this season in our lives and in the body of Christ. Um, very good, solid stuff. Um, a lot of truth. A lot of truth. He's been around for a long time. And so, a lot of truth here. So, if you weren't able to download uh, this ebook, let me know. Inbox me. And I'll sit, I'll try to, matter of fact, I'll try to do it right now um, as we speak. Any questions or any comments regarding this? This is great. It's great stuff. I want to talk about, we're going to move into, I want to finish the book on moving into apostolic. Uh, this is what I was doing on Sunrise. And I left off with access and apostolic grace. There is a thing called apostolic grace. And we can show you that by scripture. There's also some very good things we, we, we got to talk about. We're going to talk about the law of impartation. Okay. I'm going to talk about, oh, I've been on for an hour and 20 minutes. Wow. Uh, we talk about um, apostles and prophets. All right, come on now. The functions of a prophet. We're going to get into that. Uh, talking about, we're going to talk about the similarities between the two. Great power, great grace, signs and wonders we're going to talk about. Uh, from darkness to light. So There's quite a bit we need to talk about. And all that's still within like one chapter. Signs of an apostolic people, apostolic covering, the apostolic draw. So apostolic dimension manifested. Jerusalem, the first church. So quite a bit, quite a bit of stuff we got to go through. Okay. So those are going to come in the days, the days ahead. So. So as they would say, all hearts and minds clear. Hope you learned something. Hope you got a lot out of this today on the full day. It's a full day of teaching. And so uh, if you have any questions or comments, you can email them to me or you can put them right on this page. Amen. Um, so anything you miss and if you you don't want to go back through through Facebook, through our page so much for the video, but you want the audio where it's easier to go back and forth, then you can go to um to anchor.fm and under just probably do a search on kingdom renovators and it'll be right there i'm gonna put this also put this also in the um in the kmi so you can have it too so sometimes it's easier to go that way and share it please share please if, if you're you like the information you, you're learning you're growing share share our stuff share our ministry stuff so that um we can help advance the kingdom Amen. We don't want to keep it. We don't want to get fat off of God's word and not share it. Okay. We don't want to get fat off of God's word and not share it. We don't want to hoard God's word. Amen. Let's empty ourselves and share what we've what we've received so that we can come back and get more. Amen. Amen. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. Father, I, I thank you for, for Apostle Eckhart and 
everything that you put inside of him and his his studiousness and I have no idea what his walk with you has been and what it is now. But Father God, he is a great gift to the body of Christ. And uh, just praise God for my mind wanting to to learn of him. Glory be to God. And for the Kingdom Renovators to learn this this spiritual apostolic truth so that we can go forth and do uh, what you have mandated us to do, Father God, in the name of Jesus. So I bless all the renovators. I bless their homes. Father God, give them sweet peace. Give them sweet rest tonight. Father God, those that are listening on the podcast, I speak. Father God, peace and blessings upon them, O God, in the name of Jesus. Father God, may their days be filled um, with your peace. There's nothing greater to me than your peace, your peace that gives us spiritual prosperity. God, we thank you for spiritual prosperity, God, in the name of Jesus. So, Father God, we honor you, we adore you, we bless your name, and Father God, and we pray, Lord God, that we'll continue, Father God, to do your kingdom, seek you first the kingdom of God and your righteousness, and all these things will be added unto us. So, Father God, even those things, even those desires that we forgot about, Father God, open up the windows and open up the porters and release them right now, God, in the name of Jesus, God. God, all, all finances, God, everything that we've been seeking for, Lord God, that may be held up in heaven. Father God, held up in, in the different atmospheres and stratospheres. Father God, in, in the name of Jesus, Father God, release the Lord of hosts to go and, and, and assist our angels in bringing forth what belongs to us, O oh God, in the name of Jesus. And Father God, let us always be mindful, O oh God, that we are heirs with you. Father God, that the fullness of the world and the earth is yours. Father God, and that we can have access to those things, God. God, as long as we stay upright, you say there's no good thing you will withhold from us. So Father God, as we aim, O oh God, and pursue holiness, Father God, we thank you, O oh God. Father God, that the windows of heaven are open and are pouring out a blessing with our name on it, O oh God. Father God, give us what we need, Father God, in the name of Jesus. God, God, we just we ask for more than what we need, God. In the name of Jesus, that we can't even ask enough because everything belongs to you, Father God, in the name of Jesus. So, Father God, not just healing, but how about wholeness, God? Wholeness, mental wholeness, physical wholeness, financial wholeness. It is ours now, decree and declare now, God, in the name of Jesus, God. Complete wholeness, God. Wholeness in our mind, wholeness in our soul, our um. Mm, our will, our intellect, and our emotions. Father God, I decree and declare um, um, emotional wholeness right now, God. Mental wholeness, God. God, break the strongholds of the lies and the fears and the idols that have occupied our mind and kept us from knowing the truth, oh God. God, I speak spiritual wholeness to us right now, God, in the name of Jesus, God. God, we will be strengthened. Hallelujah. We will be strengthened, Father God, from within, God. And as we as we are healing from within, God, and wholeness is taking place, God. God, it permeates on the outside, oh God, in the name of Jesus. And Father God, when people ask what, what has happened to you, what's going on with you, I see you're changing because I've been made whole and God is healing me. He's, he's producing what he already originated for me to be in the name of Jesus. So Father God, we glorify you now. We thank you. Mm, God, we thank you for new wealth. We thank you for new wealth. Spiritual wealth, physical wealth, emotional wealth. We bind double-mindedness right now in the name of Jesus. We bind unstableness right now in the name of Jesus. 
we repent for not having a made up mind in the name of Jesus. We repent for not being God conscious, but being self-conscious, being self-centered. We repent in the name of Jesus. Release a whirlwind, release a quantum leap in this ministry. Release a quantum leap in this ministry, oh God, in the name of Jesus. God, we bless you. God, we honor you. You're so worthy. Bless our renovators that are in Michigan and Mississippi and, and in New York. We bless them, Father God. We bless those that are coming, Father God, from other states, oh God, in the name of Jesus. We bless those that are coming in this state, God. God, allow this ministry to be multicultural. Send men, send faithful, honest, God-fearing men, apostolic men to this ministry. In the name of Jesus. Jobs. Jobs, on abundance of jobs. In the name of Jesus. No lack. No lack. Favor, hmm. unmerited favor, Father. Favor, hmm. extensions, and we haven't even asked for them. Extensions in, in, in our bills. Hmm. I'm a witness. I can testify to that right now. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for favor. We thank you for being able to walk upright, even though there's days where it made it seem hard. We may have had a hard day today, but we fought. We're pressing toward the prize. We're straining toward the prize of the high calling of Christ Jesus. We thank you for the push. We thank you for being center-minded on you, O oh God, in the name of Jesus. We thank you that our family members are saved. We thank you, Father God, that angels are guarding our home right now, God. Inside and out, we thank you. We thank you for the provision to have clothes on our back. A choice of clothes to wear. A choice of foods to eat. Transportation to get around. We thank you, Father. Hallelujah. We thank you for being our shepherd. We thank you that everything we need is in you. Nowhere else. Nowhere else. Your word said Jesus was complete in Colossians chapter 2. So since he was complete and he lives in us, we are complete. So Father, I decree and declare we are complete in you. We are complete in you and in you alone. And if we remove ourselves away from you, if we remove ourselves from abiding in you, then we are no longer complete. So God, we marvel at your goodness. We're grateful that you're a good, good father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, renovators. Share, share, share. Replay. If you, need, if you miss some things, replay. Amen. There's a scientific study that says if you listen to whatever teaching or preaching or whatever it is seven times, It'll take you, I mean, it'll take you seven times to engulf the fullness of everything that was said because 
you'll be amazed at how it's like watching a movie for the third time. You're like, oh, I, didn't, I don't remember seeing that. Because our mind is always, it can be stuck on one particular scene or it can be stuck on something that the preacher has said. So we're meditating on, we're hearing still them talking, but our mind is really focused on something else they said previously. So we're really miscomprehending something else that was said. So that's why it's important to have videos and podcasts and things that we can record things so we can play it back and play it back and play it back. Because what happens, that seed, that word gets deeper and deeper inside of us till, it, till you begin speaking. Glory, to, glory be to God. What's been preached. Amen. Amen. And not to pick on Evangelist Beverly, but when I hear her talk, when I hear her pray, I hear her say things that I know I've said. And I just I just shake my head. <laughs> glory be to God. It's a blessing. It's a blessing. Amen. So have a great night, everyone. And we will be back tomorrow. 5 a.m. prayer and 6.30. Um, purpose awaits with Pastor Tori. <sighs> 7 o'clock, I got to do sunrise. That's what I want to talk about real quick. Real, real quick. There's a shifting with sunrise and with this podcast. And... I don't know how it's going to pan out, but I know it's going to be more podcasts than it will probably be Sunrise. But just be in prayer because I do know, so I have to get the information out for people to start tuning into there, even though God has increased the following. And so in any type of shifting, you catch that, any type of shifting, we want to make sure that we're shifting in the proper, proper, in the proper way, in the proper format in the transitioning so people can still follow and you don't lose them. Amen. And the one thing about even the podcast, the anchor is that you can invite people in when you go live. And so they can, you can get that feedback right there too. So I just wanted to share that. So God bless you. Take care and talk to you soon.